Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. I will be your host for this hour, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. So the call-in number, as you just heard, is 303-690-3000. And I just want to thank you for those of you who are regular listeners to Calvary Live. Welcome and those of you who are new to the program, we just also welcome you and we uh, welcome all of you to call in and ask a question or give a prayer request. 303-690-3000 is that number that you can uh, dial and somebody will answer as long as we have open lines. And as you know, as you listen to the show, that at the beginning of the show, we have all open lines. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. And then there is a text line for texting only that you can ask a question or give a prayer request. And that number is 720-336-0897. Welcome all of you listening on Grace FM. You're listening live on this Monday. And uh, we had a beautiful weekend, didn't we? And last night, uh, we had our first uh, lightning that I saw, and it's just an indication that spring's on its way, and uh, had some rain, a nice rain up here, and uh, hopefully things will start greening up. Um, and so uh, it's a wonderful time of the year, but also it is a time of uncertainty for some of you. Uh, it is a time of uncertainty for a lot of people as we see the things going on around us with coronavirus and also with um, the stock market that tanked again today, and um, and also uh, just with the, the oil prices tanking, uh, all kinds of uncertainty that has taken place. And so we want to pray with you. Perhaps uh, none of those things are, are really heavy on your mind. Maybe you're going through your own trials and difficulties with relationships or uh, other health issues that you're going through or um, maybe just things you're feeling down and discouraged. We want to minister to you today. So give me a call at 303-690-3000 for your questions and also to be prayed for as we go to the throne of grace in time of need as Hebrews chapter 4 declares that we can do. I also want to just let you know that those of you who are listening on uh, other Christian radio stations such as Truth and Hope FM, you can call in at that number at 303-690-3000. But as you listen to the program on the radio station or maybe another small power radio station, uh, that it is a week delayed. And we want to welcome all the online listeners that are tuned in today anywhere in the United States. Those two numbers will work. So give me a call. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's find our hope in the Lord. Um, and as the uh, phone lines begin to uh, fill up. We'll go to those callers. But first, I want to read to you from Psalm 27. I just felt compelled to do this uh, for us uh, um, on this Monday as we see the things around us that perhaps that uh, we wonder about. 
And I want to remind you that those of us of faith, that we are tremendously blessed because we do have a certainty, and our certainty is in the Lord. Uh, the things of this world are uncertain. The things of this world will fade away. Um, the world is not our hope, but the Lord is our hope. And uh, we have a certainty of heaven. We have a certainty of his love for us and a wonderful future that's before us. And I just want to remind you that he's with us as well. And David would write that declaration of faith in Psalm 27. It's one of my favorite psalms. And he writes that the Lord is my light and my salvation, and whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. And though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident, that one thing I've desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, and in the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me, and he shall set me high upon a rock. And the psalm goes on to say that I would have lost heart unless I would have believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And it's such a wonderful psalm and I hope that was an encouragement to you. Hey, we believe and we're going to see the goodness of the Lord and we're to wait on him and be of good courage and he is everything that we need. He is there for us to be uh, our stronghold, our pavilion, um, that we are set upon him, the solid rock of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and it's so wonderful. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. Hey, we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000, to ask your questions or to give your prayer requests. So give me a call. And uh, this show is really your show uh, as you're listening today on Calvary Live. And my name again is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. So let's go to uh, Linda, who's on line one. Hi, Linda. Linda, are you there? Okay, I don't know if Linda is there, but she is driving home and uh, wanted somebody to pray with her. Uh, Linda, if you can call back, that would be wonderful. And I'd love to pray with you if you got any certain um, specific thing you want prayer for. But give me a call back and uh, be safe as you're driving and be safe as you're giving those text uh, messages as well. And uh, Linda, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, there's a text question that came in. And uh, again, we got all open lines. So grab one of those open lines because sometimes the lines fill up as we go through the show. And then I always kind of feel bad when we can't get to all the callers at the end of the show. So it's good to grab one of those open lines right now. One of the text questions is, are we to abstain from certain foods during Lent? And of course, not everybody may understand what Lent is, uh, but Lent is... Uh, that season of of uh, forty days uh, before Resurrection Sunday, it excludes Sundays, uh, but it's always um, you know starts on a Wednesday, what is called Ash Wednesday. Uh, there's certain churches that will observe Ash Wednesday. Of course, the Catholic Church does, but other Protestant denominations observe it as well. And uh, it's supposed to be a period of time before Resurrection Sunday. Um, of reflection and um, fasting, perhaps uh, abstaining from certain foods. 
There's nothing in the Bible that speaks about Lent that I can find. There's nothing in the Bible that says uh, that we are to abstain from certain foods during that time. And uh, so I will read to you what Timothy says. And it's something that people want to do. Uh, that's between them and the Lord. But Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, uh, he would say to Timothy um, that in uh, as he's writing to him about church order and things like that, he says, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is to be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. So all foods have been declared um, you know, uh, to be received with thanksgiving. And um, if th- that's something that the Lord puts on your heart, when it comes to prayer and fasting, I think it's a good thing to do. Jesus said, when you fast. So it's just a time of abstaining um, f- you know, from foods or uh, perhaps other things uh, so you can focus on the spiritual. And I think it's a good thing to do. And it may take a form of uh, certain foods. It may take a form of a meal. It may take a form of a day, uh, whatever the case may be for you. But it's just an opportunity to draw close to the Lord, to be in prayer. I think prayer and fasting really go together and seeking the Lord and uh, just um, being sensitive to hearing the voice of the Lord, the prompting of the Lord. And if that's something that you do on uh, Fridays during Lent or any season, um, that is something, of course, I think that the Lord will honor as you desire to draw close to Him. But there's nothing in the Scripture that says, uh, it tells us about a season of Lent or that we have to abstain from certain foods during Lent, like meat on Fridays or something like that. So to answer your question, hey, we got all open lines. Give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And I'm sure that there's a conversation that you'd like to have as we see all kinds of things around us uh, that are taking place. And uh, let's go to the Word of God. The Word of God gives us answers. The Word of God gives us comfort. Uh, the Word of God um, will give us direction, and it is truth, and, and we can go to the Word of God um, as uh, we seek uh, to get answers for our lives and certain things that we see around us. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and then the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to another text question. Uh, that I have, and we'll just do that. How important is the resurrection, which is a, a, a very um, important question, a very good question. Uh, the resurrection is the very foundation of our faith. And I'm going to read to you from First Corinthians, and I think it's a good question as we are getting close to Resurrection Sunday um, next week. But Paul talks about how important the resurrection is in First Corinthians chapter 15. And he says that, um, as he speaks about, I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. He talks about he was seen by Cephas, by the Twelve, by 500 brethren at once, and uh, and I saw him too, Paul writes. And, um, and he goes on and he says um, that if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? 
And he goes on to say, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. So that's how important the resurrection is, to believe in a bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. There may be some that come along and say, well, he just rose spiritually. No, it was a bodily resurrection. He died bodily. He was buried, his body put into a tomb, and his body rose from the grave. And Paul says that if he has not risen bodily, then our preaching is empty and your faith is empty. And if Christ has not risen, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. And so he goes on to write about how um, it is important for us to believe in the resurrection, and because we have uh, faith in Christ who rose from the grave, then we have the promise that we are going to be resurrected someday as well. So the resurrection is the very foundation of our faith. Uh, the, The crucifixion of Jesus, what he did for us on the cross of Calvary, he was put into a tomb, he rose again after three days, and he validated what he did on the cross by conquering sin and death. So the resurrection is extremely, extremely important. And so let's go to, we got some open lines. Uh, Grab one of those open lines. In the meantime, we're going to go to Sarah in Denver. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thanks for calling Calvary Live. Thank you. Um, My question is, so, somebody had posted something that kind of caught my eye um, on social media, and um, they used Romans one, uh, Romans chapter one, verse twenty-three, and this is re- uh, regarding like they said certain, I guess, sex positions will get you to hell, <laughs> and so I wanted to know like, is there really? I mean a way to be intimate with your husband without, I guess, making God angry, or... Well, here's the... Yeah, here's the thing. To get clarity from the Scriptures and what the Scripture says, and uh, and, um, the Bible talks about the marriage relationship. The Lord um, has, you know, given the gift of having intimacy with your husband, with your wife. That is to be within the confines of the the marriage relationship. So, um, Sarah, I'm going to have him just kind of turn turn you down a little bit so I can answer because I'm getting a lot of feedback or or whatever. But the question is um, that in the confines of the marriage, it is not sin. And the Bible is very clear about that. Um, But, of course, there is... um, sexual sin that is described in the scriptures, adultery, that's uh, relationship, intimacy outside of the marriage relationship, fornication, uh, other um, sins that are uh, pronounced there in the scriptures, but it is not a sin to have those normal relations within the confines of the marriage relationship. And Paul, he talked about that really in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, I'll read it to you because they were asking, you know, do we you know, have relations with our, our spouse, uh, even though they may be unbeliever. Um, and he says, nevertheless, because um, he said, let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Um, and so he says, do not deprive one another except for the consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again. 
so that Satan does not tempt you uh, because of your lack of self-control. So Paul confirms it, and uh, it is something that uh, is to be enjoyed in a marriage relationship. All right, Sarah? Yeah, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know. The Bible, here's the thing. I I think that, because I've talked to a few people that have called, it's kind of been interesting over the last couple of weeks. It seems like they're confused um, that that is something that any kind of, you know, intimacy uh, is a sin, um, and it's not. When it's to be given and it is to be enjoyed in the confines of the marriage relationship, and that's what we see all throughout the Scripture. Ever since the beginning, when Adam and Eve came together, a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, the two shall become one flesh, is what the Bible says. And then the Lord said, be fruitful, multiply. So it, it is not sin. But the Bible does talk about you know sexual sin in the Bible outside of the marriage. And so you right. need to keep the two straight. So, okay? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> Absolutely. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Rhonda in Denver. Hi there. Rhonda, how are you, Rhonda? Hi, Pastor. I'm fine. Thank you, Pastor. I You're have welcome. more of a brief testimony than I do a question. Okay. Um, my testimony is, um, although I do not condone, I, I don't agree with divorce. Unfortunately, I, I did go through one in the year of 2019. It was a very, very extremely difficult, the most extremely difficult time in my life that I've ever had. And hanging on to the Lord's Word and His love and knowing in my heart that He cares for me and that He's there for me. Even though I can't see him with my mortal eyes, I know he's there. And um, we've all heard the, I know that I know that I know that he's there. And we know that, you know, that he's there to care for us and to guide us and to help us through difficult situations. I I do want to just reach out to other people out there that may be going through anything uh, difficult like divorce or, or anything else that... If, if you stay with the Lord daily and um, follow follow the right way to go that that he will he will surface and he will show you that that what you're doing is is going to be okay you will get through it and and um, although I'm still facing difficult challenges and we all do um, if you stick with it um, it'll work out. That you know, Rhonda. One of the things that uh, reminds me as you're talking is, you know, Paul is writing. I think just this uh, incredible chapter, Romans chapter eight, and he says something very important. He says, "Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Uh, if it mm-hmm. is anybody that knew about tribulation or distress or persecution." difficulties, you know, whatever, it was Paul. And what happens Mm -hmm. is, is when we go through a time of tribulation or we go through a time of distress or a time of famine, uh, we just feel dry um, spiritually. Mm -hmm. We we feel Mm -hmm. barren spiritually. 
sometimes what we feel like is what you were talking about, that the Lord isn't with us, and the Lord doesn't love us anymore. And Paul is making sure that we understand what will separate us from these things. He says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height or death or any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think that perhaps that's for somebody who's listening right now, that you're thinking, Lord, do you even love me? Do you see what I'm going through? And we don't understand why we go through you know, difficulties, why we go through the trials of life, why we experience heartache and loss, and we got a hole in our heart. But the Lord is there, just as you said. And uh, he promises he'll never leave us or forsake us, and his love is not separated from us. And great is the day when we understand that and really make that our own, because I think that um, Christians can feel like, Lord, um, your love for me is, um, it isn't there, or uh, you don't care about my situation. And he does, and he loves us so much that he desires to, to you know, reaffirm his love to us in his word and, uh, and for us to draw close to him. And whenever we feel like that his love is separated from us, what do we do, Rhonda? We tend to, to fall away. We tend to withdraw from the Lord. And it's in those trials and difficulties that we need to be drawing close to the Lord. So maybe somebody who's listening and hearing your testimony can be encouraged. And somebody who's listening today, listen, don't withdraw from the Lord. Don't withdraw from him in his word, in his love for you. It's a time to draw close to him and to know that we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And I hope that's an encouragement to you, even as, oh. Rhonda, you're going through you know, a difficult time yourself in the season mm-hmm. that you're in. So. And, and divorce isn't for everyone, you know. You pray about it, and like I did, I prayed to see if I could repair things or see if the, if the Lord can show me what I should do. And, and I'm not saying the Lord told me to do this, but I, I do feel a sense of peace that I know that my life is, is better, and I know that the Lord wants to show me something better. And uh, things, that, you know, everybody has a different situation, but in my yeah. particular case, I needed to do this. And the Lord was with me, and He still is, and He always will be. All right. Appreciate your call, Rhonda. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. You bet. God bless you. Take care. God bless you, too. Uh Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, one of the things that's important for the body of Christ, and it's important even this show and Christian radio, is it reminds us that the Lord is for us. He's not against us. And uh, he desires for us to draw close to him and to stand on his promises and rest in his love. And so we got a couple open lines, so give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And that text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Fort Collins where Derek is on the line. Hi, Derek. Derek, are you Hello? there? Or did you? Hi, Derek. You're on Calvary Live. Pastor Felix, thanks for the line. Can you hear me now? I can hear you just fine. All right. Well, wonderful. Well, during our home group last week, we were in Second Corinthians, where Paul discussed 
being taken up to the third heaven, and uh, nobody really had a good biblical explanation on what third heaven meant, just seeing if we can get some clarity on that. Yeah, well, you know, the Bible talks about the heaven. There's like three heavens that the Bible speaks about. There is the heaven sky that we look at, um, and then there's the stars and the moons, that heaven. And then another heaven that's spoken of is the place where God dwells, where his throne is. Revelation chapter um, uh, 4, that John was uh, taken up into heaven. Um, as you read that uh, uh, section of uh, as the door standing open in heaven, and there he sees the one on the throne and the things around the throne. So that's where God dwells. And as Paul, he's writing in Second Corinthians, he's writing about himself that he was taken to third heaven. And he says that um, I saw things. Uh, he says, first, he's showing humility. He's going uh, that, uh, that I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body uh, I do not know, uh, but uh, such a one was caught up in the third heaven. And he writes how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is unlawful for a man to utter. And so he speaks about how he was caught up into heaven. Now, here's the thing. It was probably that event when you go to Acts chapter 14, 15, chapter 15, I believe, where Paul was on his first missionary journey, and he was in Lystra, and as he's in Lystra, he is used by God to heal a man who couldn't walk. And as that man is healed, the people begin to cry out, you know, to Paul and Barnabas, the gods have come to visit us, Hermes and Zeus, uh, they come to visit us. And Paul and Barnabas said, no, we're not gods, uh, we're just mere man, but let us tell you about the true and the living God. So on that missionary journey, it's interesting that they were going to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas, but by the end of the day, what happens is is they get worked up. Uh, some of the Jews came, got the people worked up to where they ended up stoning Paul, and it tells us in that text that the, he was stoned and he was left for dead and dragged out of the city. Um, he was probably thrown in a garbage heap is what happened. Um, so this happens in Acts chapter 14, is what it says. The Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, having persuaded the multitudes. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. It was probably at that time where Paul went up to the third heaven. And um, and he says, I see things that are inexpressible. I, I, it, it's too incredible for me to write down. Uh, I can't describe, well, it's not lawful for a man to utter, is what he writes. So we know from the text that Paul would get up at that time from that stoning and go back into the city, which is amazing in itself, because I think, how do you stop a guy like that? So he's probably writing about the time that he was stoned on his first missionary journey and left for dead. Perfect. That is a very clear explanation. I really appreciate that. Um, I look forward to relaying that to my my group this week. And Derek, here's the other thing to to think about and discuss too, because there's a lot of, there can be a lot of books and things out there about experience in heaven and uh, and you know writings that are done, and and you know I'm not going to tell somebody that perhaps that they heart stopped or whatever their experience that they had. 
Uh, but Paul says something. He says that, you know, I, I couldn't express it. Um, uh, he, he writes that it was inexpressible, unlawful for me to utter. And, and so I, I've heard like faith teachers, particularly that concerns me that's in front of a crowd, and they're given this deep description of, of heaven. And uh, there was one that uh, was, is well known. He's talking about how, you know, you know, that there's, you know, Jesus women in the river of life and all these, these things that were just silly and people were soaking it in. Paul says, it was so incredible that it's unlawful for me to utter. And so I think that's something to keep in mind when, you know, people have, you know, different testimonies, whoever it might be, of seeing heaven and um, all these different things. So, hey, Derek, thanks oh, for yes, calling. Sir. We're, we're, we're going to go to break. Hey, we got a couple open lines. Grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. And we're going to be back in two minutes. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard those two numbers and how you can be a part of Calvary Live today. The call-in number and then the text number. So uh, we got a couple open lines. Please give me a call on this Monday. Glad to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado. Here to take your questions and your prayer requests. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. That's the call-in number. Give me a call. Got plenty of time in the show to talk about the things of the Lord, to go to the Word of the Lord, to be encouraged in the Lord. And so 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And I want to go to Bonnie, who is in Baltimore. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Oh, I'm okay, Pastor. Thank you so much for taking my call, and I love your radio station. It's such a blessing. Thank you. Got a question um, for me, Bonnie? Yes, yeah, I do. Um, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus. And for some reason, the thought of cremation, just me personally, terrifies me. I'm in a sense of terror about that. Um, mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on cremation? Well, you know, people ask about it. You know, can a Christian be cremated? Um, because unfortunately, there's been some bad teaching on it out there um, in the church. And uh, the Bible doesn't talk about cremation uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. What the Bible says is this, Bonnie, is that it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. And and so we've had, you know, Christians we know through church age that have been burnt at the stake. And yeah. um, it, it, so... Um, uh, there have been those, unfortunately, come along and said that you can't be cremated, that um, that you'll be lost in eternity if you're cremated. The Bible says no such thing. The Bible says it's appointed once for man to die, then the judgment. I, I mean, we have faith in Jesus. That's what brings salvation. It, it's not yeah. what we do, you know, with our bodies after we die. I mean... 
it's really ridiculous. I mean, think about it, that you, you know, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord and, you know, to go home and you see Jesus and, you know, Jesus says, oh, sorry, your relatives are having you cremated. So you're going to have to go to hell now. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And I think um, I'm I'm so sorry. That struck me funny. I'm sorry. Well, I meant it to be a little bit sarcastic. When you said that, I kind of have a, you know, like a, that that actually struck me funny when you said that, but it's okay. You can keep going on. Well, well, see, and I meant to be sarcastic in it because it's, you know, yeah, I, um, and I'm, you know, um, and here's the thing is we believe in Jesus. We're forgiven of sins. We belong to him. And, you know, what cremation does is it speeds up the process of being put into a ground in a casket. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and so he knows where every one of those ashes are, every one of the cells that we have in our bodies are at for when the resurrection comes. So uh, there's nothing in the scriptures that prohibits being cremated. But I've had people okay. call in, you know, I've had people call and say, well, I was told that, you know, I'll be lost for eternity if I'm cremated. And it's like, you know, it's, that is not in the Word of God. And for okay. a lot of people, here's the thing. A lot of people, it's it's a it's an issue of, of finances. Um, mm-hmm. And because it can become very, very expensive to get a casket, to get a burial plot. Um, mm-hmm. And some people, because of economic reasons. So, you know, some people don't want to be cremated. I, I do want to present the other side. They, that's their um, conviction, and that's fine. But there's nothing in the Bible that says that we cannot be cremated. Okay, thank you so much for, for answering that for me. Thank you so much. And You're welcome. God bless you. You too, Bonnie. Uh, God bless I you. Also, okay, um, could you pray for my family, my whole family? I, part, most of my family aren't believers, so um, if you could also just pray for my son and other people in my family, I would appreciate it. Absolutely. Let's do that right now. Okay, thank you. Father, I pray for Bonnie. I, I thank you for the question she has. And, Lord, that as we do have these questions, we're so thankful that we have the security of eternal life that comes in our faith in you. And, Lord, we thank you for the promise of the resurrection, that when the day comes, when the trumpet will blow, that whether we're cremated or whether we're put in a casket or uh, whatever the case may be, that our bodies will be resurrected. But, Lord, I pray for Bonnie and her family. I pray for her son. I pray for other family members that uh, are not believers, that, Lord, that they would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, I pray that you would open up their eyes, that you would soften their hearts, that you would um, uh, bring salvation to them, uh, prompting them, drawing them close to you by the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So we just pray for this, that you would just do an incredible work uh, in their hearts and opening their eyes spiritually in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. You too, Bonnie. God bless you. Thank you. Mm Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We have open lines, and um love to have you call in. Uh, this is your show uh, for an opportunity for you to receive prayer or just encouragement or to 
uh, answer from the Word of God. So I'd love to to talk with you and uh, love to bless you. Um, and so um, give me a call or give me a text. Another text question has come in. Let me pull it up while we're waiting for the phones to ring. And and again, we'll, we'll get to the phones. Is, um, is uh, what are the signs um, uh, that we're being attacked uh, by the Leviathan? Um, the, the Leviathan is a sea creature that Job speaks about. So um, that's what it's talking about. It's it's a sea creature. Spiritual uh, attack is um, is real. Uh, can we still be attacked by Leviathan? Um, and spiritual warfare is real, uh, but Ephesians chapter 6 is a chapter that perhaps you want to read and is a chapter that tells us how we can um, be, um, you know, one that um, is uh, putting on a whole armor of God because he throws the fiery darts at us. You know, spiritual warfare is a real thing. The enemy comes against us, but listen, we fight from victory, not for victory. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And also, um, we know that um, as we put on the armor of God, as we submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from us. So uh, just stay close to Jesus, walk with Jesus, continue to be with him, continue to grow in the love of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that uh, on Wednesday, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah. And, uh, you know, right now, just a lot of people are wondering about you know, the, the, all of a sudden, in, in the last few weeks, there's been a lot of uncertainty in our nation uh, with the COVID-19 virus spreading. Um, there's been a uncertainty. Uh, again, even uh, we know that the oil prices tanked today. There's a lot of uncertainty. People are concerned with the elections. Everything else is going on. And on Wednesday, we're going through the book of Jeremiah. And uh, as we go through Jeremiah, he is speaking to a nation that, uh, you know, is not listening to the Lord. And there's going to be captivity and judgment that's coming to them. But as we go through Jeremiah, he's weeping because of the message that he's given to a people that are hard towards the Lord. And also, there's, there's some words of comfort in there as well. And Jeremiah, as he's going to go through a difficult season, the Lord has a very important message for him that I think is very relative for us in the day that we are in. uh, As we see the upheaval and the uncertainty, listen, Christians, this is a time for us to be a light and a time for us to draw close to the Lord and, and getting stronger in the Lord. And it's a time to give the testimony of the life that is found in Jesus Christ alone, that this world is not our hope. The only certainty that we have is in the Lord. And um, and this time as we're getting closer to, to Resurrection Sunday, to Holy Week, um, this is an opportunity to really share the message that Jesus is alive. And we have a glorious future in Jesus in this world. It's not going to be the place where our hope is or to place our hope in it. We're in the world, uh, but this world's going to come to an end. And 
we belong to a kingdom that lasts forever. So we want to be able to give that message, be strengthened in the Lord, uh, to look to the Lord, keep growing in the Word of God. Don't go to sleep spiritually. Don't grow lethargic, um, any of those things. But we are to continue on with Him. So, hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Longmont, where Diana is on line one. Hi, Diana. Hello, Pastor. Um, How are you? First of all, I'd like to say I'm good, thank you. i just like to say thank you for your program, because I love it. And good. I just had a question about communion. I, I, I'm a little confused about um, how come the Cal—it seems like the Calvary uh, churches, most of them don't have communion. And well, I wasn't most of the, understand, yeah. understanding that. Well, most of the Calvaries that I know do have communion, and I'll speak for myself that we have mm-hmm. communion on— the first Sunday and the first Wednesday of the month. And we are to have communion because when Jesus um, established, you know, um, communion in that upper room, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, When he would uh, take uh, the night before uh, the night that he was betrayed, he gave thanks. He, uh, you know, said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you, do this in remembrance of me, in the same manner he did with the cup, saying this is cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We are to do it in remembrance of him. I know that I've heard of churches that said, well, communion we're not going to do because it's not necessary for salvation, uh, so we're not going to do it anymore. When Jesus says, do something in remembrance of me, it's important that we do it. Now, um, some churches will do it every week. Some churches do it every service. We do it customarily at the first Sunday of the month and the first Wednesday night service because we have Wednesday night service of the month. But communion is very important, and it's the one place that we as Christians come together as one. The communion table brings us together to remember what Jesus did for us. So it's a memorial of you know, his sacrifice on the cross, uh, this new covenant that we belong to, a covenant that is based on his sacrifice, uh, his going to the cross, his love for us, his incredible grace. And I want right. to remember that. So I believe it is mm-hmm. important that we take a communion because that's a commandment of the Lord. Right. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So I, okay, well, you know, maybe, I, maybe when I was, uh, we were just out going to a, a few different Calvary um, churches, and and maybe we went on on the time when, you know, uh, mm. they only did it like you know once a month or every other week, like you said. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. what happened. And and I think probably customarily most Calvaries maybe do it on the first Sunday or the first Wednesday of the month. Not all of them. Some do every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, some mm-hmm. may just. Do Wednesday, I don't know. But for us here, we do communion. We do it on the first Sunday and first Wednesday, and and we've done it at other times. There's been times, you know, Diana, that the Lord just put on my heart just to Mm -hmm. do communion, just to stop in a time of prayer, in a time of just going to the Lord's table. Um, And it should be a time of really reflection and worship and thanksgiving to Him. So it is an important part of the corporate meeting of believers. Okay, well, that's so great to hear. Thank you so much. And and just real quick, um, you know, I, there's been the most one of the most special times. It's always special to do communion, but um, 
I remember uh, having communion at the garden tomb in Israel. And um, it, it was so special because as we were taking communion, the garden tomb is the place, the a possible place where Jesus rose from the grave. And what what was so cool about it, Diana, is because I was mentioning to you that, you know, it brings us all together, that there's people in right. other places there that are taking communion as well, and they're singing in different languages, and they're taking communion. You hear Spanish, you hear German, you hear, um, you know, Korean. It's so cool. And because you're reminded at that point that, we are all worshiping the same Lord, coming to the same communion table, and we're really one church. And and just, um, it's it's glorious. So it is important. I agree 100%. Thank you for sharing that. You bet. Absolutely. Thank you for the question. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ah. 303-690-3000. And... Um, you know, just give me a call. We got open lines and love to hear from you on this Monday. I know Monday sometimes can be kind of slow getting going for the week and stuff, but uh, we got so much to pray about. We got so much, um, you know, opportunity uh, at the beginning of the week to have your questions answered or pray for you. There's been a couple requests from people wanting to pray for our nation and uh, our uh, elections. Um, and so let's, let's just go ahead and do that. Um, that father, I do pray for, for those who, um, are asking for prayer for elected leaders. We do pray from our president, our vice president, uh, for wisdom. We pray for our leadership in Washington. Uh, I can't help but think about what your word declares to us as, uh, Paul was, uh, writing to Timothy that we are to pray for all men and we are to pray for those who are in authority. And Lord, we pray for those in authority in our states, um, those uh, that uh, are um, in our communities. And, and Lord, as we find ourselves in an election year, I pray for us as Christians that truly that we would be ones, that we pray for our nation. We pray that there is a great awakening. Lord, I, I pray as we see the upheaval, the uncertainty, um, as people are, are uh, perhaps nervous about what the months and the weeks ahead hold for them, that uh, we would turn to you, and Lord, there would be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that churches would stay true to the Word of God and give the message of the gospel. Lord, I pray that there would be a turning to you in our nation because we need you. Lord, we need you so desperately. And we, in so many ways, have gotten away from you. And Lord, um, we see the decline morally, spiritually, biblically, even in the church. And I pray that there be a turning to you. Lord, that people would come to salvation. That people would understand that you are Jesus Christ, our hope. So Father, I do pray for that. I pray for our nation, for a great awakening. And in these last days, Lord, I pray that we would uh, come to you and uh, put our trust in you and come to believe you. And, and Lord, that we would stand true for the word of God. So we just commit this to you. Um, and we ask for um, you working and for us as Christians that, uh, that we are to uh, stand for righteousness. Um, so we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 
hey, I'd love to talk with you. Um, and 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Give me a call, and I'd uh, love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. I uh, got another text question. We're going to go to text line because we got all open lines. Let me go through it. Um, and um, we somebody's asking about Luke chapter 9, verse 58. So let me turn there. Luke uh, chapter 9, I do know uh, right now as I'm turning to that, is that's when Jesus set his face uh, to go to Jerusalem. He's in Samaria. He's left Galilee. He is just a few months from going to the cross. In Luke's gospel, he records uh, more of Jesus' ministry that took place down in Judea, in Samaria and Judea, the sending out of the 70. So uh, chapter 9, let me get there, uh, was the question. And in that chapter, we see that Jesus also grieves uh, for um, those places up in the Galilee that were, um, you know, uh, had forsaken him. And so here the question is in verse 58, let me read it to you. Now it happened that as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the airs have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And so that's Luke chapter 9, verse 58. What Jesus was saying is that as that person came in and said, I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus is kind of like he's saying, really? Um, because there is a cost in in following after me. Uh, Jesus, uh, he says that foxes have holes, birds of the airs have nests, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And uh, so what Jesus was saying in that is that um, that there is a cost in following after him. Uh, there is a cost as we say, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. Well, where is the Lord going to take you? Um, and Jesus didn't have anywhere to lay his head. Um, he had nowhere to, um, to you know, no home. Um, and he says that I am headed for Jerusalem. And he would say um, in another place, as someone said, you know, um, let me go and, and and bury their own, uh, as he said, Lord, I'll follow you, and Lord, let me first go and bury my father. He said, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. The next person that came to him, following verse 58, and Jesus is saying, I need to be preeminent in your life. He's not saying that you can't go to your dad's funeral. What that person was saying is, I'm going to take care of some things, and then I'll come and follow you. And then the third person comes along and says, um, that, uh, Lord, I'll follow you, but first let me go to my family and bid them farewell who are at my house. And the Lord is saying, listen, that no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So in all three of those examples, what the Lord is saying is that he is to be preeminent as we come to him, as we follow after him, as we love him, as we desire to to look to him. Um, and uh, And that's what... He desires for us to know that we are to die to self, pick up our cross, and follow after him. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We're going to go to Baltimore, and we're going to talk to Malvina. Malvina? Yes. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. Good evening. Well, thanks for calling. 
Yeah, thank you too. Uh, I, I really appreciate what you do. I listen every evening on my way to work, and I just called today to ask for a prayer request for my elder sister. She's been diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer, and she's a single mom in a country, and there's no family around her to assist her with the kids or anything. So I just wanted prayers for her. Absolutely. Father, we do pray for uh, Malvina's sister, uh, who is a single mom, um, and she has stage 3 breast cancer. So we pray for your healing touch upon her. Um, and whatever treatment that she's going through, if you, if you desire to use the doctors and the treatments to bring healing, that you would bring that healing. But Lord, that you would also, that you bring strength, that you would bring comfort, you bring provision for her. And Lord, be with Malvina as she ministers to her sister. Lord, give her the wisdom and the strength that she needs to be a blessing to them. But Lord, we do pray for her sister for healing, for this cancer. We know nothing's too difficult. We pray in faith. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor, can you also pray for my mom? And yeah. she lost my brother. I lost a brother last year, and my mom haven't still recovered from the death of her son. And yeah. it's really difficult times for her now getting so that the diagnosis that my my sister is sick. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult place now. It is difficult, and, and grieving is a very difficult thing. So, Father, I pray for Malvina's mom who lost a son, and to lose a child at any age is very, very hard. And I just pray that you would help her with the grief, with the sorrow that's in her heart, and, and Lord, that you bring comfort to her, draw her close to yourself, and Lord, that she would know you care for her, so, Father, I just commit her mom to you. I just pray for this comfort to be given and strength in every way to know that uh, you're there. And, that, um, and, Lord, I just pray for this whole family that's going through difficulty right now, that you would show yourself strong on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you very much, Pastor. Thank you very much. You, you are absolutely welcome. Val, Val, uh, Malvina, you stay in touch, okay? Okay, Pastor, thank you. You bet, absolutely. You too, bye. Uh We're getting towards the end of the show. You know, we all go through difficulties, and and, um, we go through hardship, and and, um, it's so important that, uh, first of all, that we remember the Word of the Lord given to us, the love of the Lord that is still with us, and then that also to be in fellowship with with other brothers and sisters that can come alongside and and just be a blessing to you and pray for you and to be in fellowship. Uh, I was given a devotion at a a young married couple's fellowship on Friday, and I was encouraging them, you know, in the day in which we're living in because of the challenges and what we go through and and, uh, to be in fellowship. And that's one of the things that I want to encourage you that are listening. And I hope that you can find a good church that is true to the Scriptures, that is teaching sound doctrine. And uh, I pray that uh, you can belong to a group of believers, that you can be supported and loved, and a place where you can use your gifts. Fellowship is so, so important. And as the writer of Hebrews was writing something that uh, I just want to conclude as we're getting towards the end of the show here 
in the hour is that um, in chapter 10 that he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us consider one another in, in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more you see the day approaching. We're seeing the day approaching and the Lord's coming back soon. So don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together and, and to be with other believers and and to be in a place where you can be strengthened, in a place where you can minister to others, in a place where you can be uh, encouraged, um, in a place that you can grow in the Word of God and it's more critical than ever before, and also in a place where your children, your grandchildren are growing in the Word of God as well because we don't want to leave them behind, and they're under so much attack with you, you know all the the, the the false things that are out there that pulls them away. And so the church is more critical than ever um, to be a part of, to belong to a healthy church. And uh, and the Christian radio is wonderful, Grace FM. Uh, those of you listening on other Christian radio stations, that is a blessing and a benefit. Support those stations that are, are near you. Continue to pray for those who are teaching on the radio. Uh, but fellowship is so important as well. And uh, to belong to uh, a body of believers and, and to be a part of, uh, of a church. And I just want to encourage you because I think uh, that I talk to more people uh, than, um, than not, you know, that uh, they're really, you know, not in fellowship or they're hit and miss. And I understand some people work on weekends. Uh, some people, their work schedule is very heavy or they may have health issues or whatever that keeps them from being consistently in fellowship. But as much as you can, be with the believers. Keep studying the Word of God. Stay close to the Lord. Hey, thank you, everybody, for today's show. Be with you next time, tomorrow, same time on Calvary Live. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.